Well, hello, hello, hello. It is 1-10-2024, and we are back with our first news show of the year. If you have been joining us on the Sunday night Q&A, which is super fun, I am happy uh, that you uh, are doing that. And if anyone wants to join us, it is uh, coming along really well. So we did our first on Sunday for the year of that, and this is our first news show. I am welcoming all of you back to Planet Chaos. Uh, I don't know about you, Rob, but as I keep saying, it felt like the gun went off and the horses ran in all different directions. And uh, we're just trying to get our bearings here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for joining me, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mel. It's great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Planet Chaos is, again, living up to its name. Uh, We had about every type of natural and unnatural disaster that you could possibly have, it felt like. And and the political stuff is, is just icing on the cake. So it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, just so much is happening. There is uh, all we knew as soon as the year started, there'd be lots of legal stuff. Uh, We've done uh, talked on other shows about the Epstein disclosure, which I feel is um, is being covered well elsewhere. It is is my opinion that that case is much bigger than uh, the trafficking. It is a giant blackmail ring. And until we find out where that footage is, where all the evidence is and who was blackmailed, uh, it's basically a distraction. Uh, and I also wanted to point people to my show yesterday with Charlie Robinson, if you want to get more into, or Jason Burmis. Um, it is very disturbing, Jeffrey Epstein's connections to transhumanism, to science, to the Poison Ivy League, uh, to a lot of things having to do with guns and all kinds of things from multiple different world leaders to everything going on whatever he was doing at his ranch in New Mexico. So as I said, uh, the Epstein case is much bigger, but I do not believe that the disclosure from New York is meant to do anything except for say, look, we gave you the, uh, we looked into it. This is the Epstein case, case closed, nothing to see here. It's over probably also to help. I think Maxwell in her appeal, I'm thinking, but I think that they kind of are using the Epstein disclosure or the, uh, unredacted Epstein case more as a, uh, you know, nothing to see here. You know, all of this, this is, this was just a, uh, not a big deal. We have Politico, we have uh, NBC News, we have all these um, all these far left people acting like the Epstein case isn't a big deal. He was a blackmailer uh, along with Maxwell and before that her father. And we need to know who he was blackmailing because we don't know how much over the last 20 years on planet Earth was uh, decided, be it wars or terrorist attacks or uh, big deals or banking situations that were directly related to who Epstein was blackmailing, who's on the tapes, who's on the videos, who's on the hard drives. It is who he was blackmailing we need to know. We also would like to know why uh, Bill Clinton and several of the other very powerful men listed in that list have never been questioned at all by the FBI or the Southern District of New York. So for me, that Politico, NBC News, and all these people are saying, no big deal, Epstein's not a big deal. They know that it is a big deal, okay? And and it's e- even bigger deal, whatever he was doing with science and transhumanism and what appears to be some kind of eugenics project and the human genome project, a lot of stuff about Epstein is important and anyone playing it down or ba- being like, oh, this is QAnon or conspiracy theorists, please, please know that those are the people never to trust. And and, and we have seen once, uh, once and again 
that a lot of these people that have been debunking this or saying it's not true have also ended up being caught up in some kind of uh, nefarious actions. So, um, you know, Rob, I just wanted to- Oh, I was just going to say that, um, you know, it's very hard sometimes to realize how interconnected all of the things that, that uh, we look at are. And Epstein is a perfect example that actually shows uh, the interconnectedness. Obviously, you talk about you know, the, uh, the, all the elements of the octopus of global control, uh, and Epstein is, is just uh, elucidates that very well. Yeah. And, um, and we wanted to, to just mention that up front, but I've done a couple shows. I will do more, but I do not think the Epstein case is about, uh, what was released from the Southern district of New York. But I do believe that everyone in America should be asking why Bill Clinton has never been questioned by the FBI or the DOJ or the Southern district of New York with all the evidence that not only was he on that Island many, many times, but that Jeffrey Epstein was actually one of the people that created the Clinton foundation, Clinton global initiative. Uh, there's a lot of connections there that need to be explored. And as long as the Clintons get a free pass on the Epstein case and they're treating Donald Trump uh, in the Southern District of New York the way that they are, something is terribly wrong in this country. And it's very sad that Democrats are putting um, their hatred of Donald Trump and of all of us and, and their journalists that they own and control before truth and justice for this nation and maybe the world. We don't know how far reaching Jeffrey Epstein's blackmail ring was. I'm hearing about $500 million uh, through that ring uh, on top of all of the blackmail of world leaders and prime ministers and military generals and celebrities. Um, and we're talking about multiple nations involved here, the UK, the US, Israel, and Saudi Arabia for sure. Um, so Rob, in, in my opinion, um, they are just trying to say, okay, here's the Epstein stuff. Thank you. We're done. And, and I'm not done. So we'll do shows later, but I just wanted to start, start the show saying, uh, that is to be continued and you can watch the two shows I did this past week. If you want to get more into what I'm talking about, Charlie Robinson and I really dig in as do Jason Burmis. Um, now Rob, I just noticed a, a, uh, we don't see this that often, but JP Morgan, uh, has come out and um, somebody over there and has likened what is happening in our country, the $34 trillion national debt to the old story of the boiling frog. And uh, that's not good. Uh, I remember when Ed Dowd was on the show and he said something similar, but it looks like um, we are talking about a, uh, a powder keg in our economy coming up. And yet Janet Yellen keeps reminding everyone that we're in good shape as we, and that we can afford to fight yet another front in China in the war that they, uh, that they want. I believe this entire, every war on the planet right now is being paid for on both sides by the global billionaire oligarchy that would like their great reset by any means necessary. But regardless of that, Rob, you were in banking for a long time. In fact, Rob's bank uh, unlike all of the other banks in the controlled demolition first step towards a world currency called the 2008 crash, in my opinion, uh, Rob was at a bank that was too big, too small to save, which was most of the banks. It was only the private Western central banks that were too big to fail. And then they swallowed everything else. And with regulations and other things, they made sure anyone that survived like Rob did uh, had as difficult of a time as possible as continuing. So Rob, what do you make of this $34 trillion national debt um, and, and JP Morgan and other bankers that never were really opining coming out and saying we're in for a, a big situation upcoming. Well, you know, one of the things that we've learned um, is that the uh, news media in finance is just as um, 
you can call it corrupt or misinformation, whatever you uh, manipulated as as the news media that we see in um, politics and elsewhere. So uh, what what is being reported is very hard to believe. So you looked at um, uh, job numbers, which are always being readjusted. They keep changing the way that they measure uh, inflation. Uh, so they keep changing the numbers, and these are such big numbers and, and such big, um, uh, you know, elements within our, our system that it's hard for people to keep track. So they look at the headlines. As it relates to a a thirty four trillion dollar deficit, uh, you know, when you run a deficit like that, I mean, it, it you know it has to there has to be a reckoning. There's no way whether you know it's a write off or some sort of a, a, you know, a default, a, a crash, whatever you want to call it, there's got to be some sort of, a, a, you know, a reversion to the norm. Um, so, you know, it's amazing to me that the stock market continues to hold up, but, but I think that's, that's propped up on the, on, you know, on a few of the big tech players, which, you know, makes up a bulk of the uh, S&P 500 and, and the, in the market. So, I mean, the one thing that, that we've always told people to do is to really think about hard assets. Um, they're uh, much less likely to have the same, you know, hit if something happens. We talk about, you know, personal financial sovereignty uh, with our partner, Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Um, you know, it, it does give me a sense of, of comfort to know that, that, you know, we have some hard assets on hand or in storage that we have access to. So I would encourage everyone to really consider, um, you know, talking to uh, the folks at Beverly Hills Precious Metals. You can go to our partners page or Mel K Gold. And what that does is it gives you some peace of mind. It, it, it allows you to um, sleep a little bit better at night and, and uh, hopefully protect uh, some of that hard earned uh, money that you've saved over the years. So, cause we don't know what's gonna happen but we certainly know that that um, you know that there's we're in a very very dangerous place, and um and and more dangerous I think because the uh, legal system, the Department of Justice, the uh, Southern District of New York, uh, especially second only, and some people say more powerful than the Department of Justice, in their double standards. Um, what we saw today is a disgrace again in the, the Letitia James courtroom. Uh, this Judge Erdogan, he's so proud of himself, which very sad is I saw that it said 81% of Democrats think that Trump shouldn't be allowed on the ballot for something he never even did, uh, which makes me think that, um, you know, we uh, we have a whole bunch of people in this, in this country that are completely brainwashed and hate the other half of the country that they don't believe in fairness or truth or justice or transparency in any way. They just believe in revenge and, and uh, this ugly situation. But again, a lot of times, Rob, uh, this comes back to uh, bite them. So we're hearing all these voices on the on the left talking about what Trump will do. He'll be such a dictator. He'll be so horrible. He'll, use, he'll weaponize the government against these Projection. people while they <laughs> it is so crazy. Um, but uh, I did want to mention that uh, Judge Erdogan, this particular judge, and there's a couple other judges that we'll be talking about today, but he he laughed at the idea that Trump might want to postpone his closing arguments because his wife, Melania's mother, died yesterday. Uh, he thought that that was all funny and there was no chance on top of not uh, de de declining to allow Donald Trump to speak at all in his own trial or in closing arguments. And uh, he really mugged for the camera. He's very proud of himself. On top of that, we found out Letitia James, 
uh, and we'll get into her counterpart, Fannie Willis, uh, two Soros uh, um, global billionaire oligarchy chosen uh, attorney general and district attorney, uh, that she visited the White House and met with the DOJ and Biden's administration three times before uh, this trial went forward, um, which again, looks like a giant conflict of interest. The crazy part is, Rob, you know, as we're seeing the migrant crisis insanity in New York City, that this is going on in downtown New York, another fraudulent case that the New York taxpayers are paying for. And on top of that, um, you know, my, that, that New York story, you know, my parents actually went to that high school, James Madison High School in Brooklyn, where they uh, kicked all the kids out and brought in the migrants. Um, so yeah, I heard uh, they went know, remote they were today. Horrified. The, kids, the kids went remote today so that they could house migrants in that school in Brooklyn. I mean, there's, it's total insanity. Everything that that uh, this guy's doing uh, there. Um, what's his name? The, the, I can't even remember the mayor's Adam. name. That's how much you, 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 yeah, Adam. Adam. So we had to leave. But it's really, I think Hochul's a lot, a lot more dangerous than even he is. But um, the truth is that uh, whatever is happening in New York, that the New York taxpayers are not up in arms about what you said about the school, what they're doing. I mean, this, this is what, $75 million so far of taxpayer money in New York being spent to try to get Trump with all these fraudulent cases and these crooked judges. And it's just really very sad to watch that there is a big percentage of the American people that think that this is okay just because it's Trump or just because it's us or Trump uh, adversaries. Um, it's really very terrible. Um, but I did want to mention uh, Letitia James is asking for over $300 million fine and also for Donald Trump to not be able to work in real estate again ever at all. <laughs> like from the whole industry. And and what's crazy is, as we discussed last week, many of the people that gave him loans that got on the stand said that they had a, that they did do their due diligence, which is what you said from the start, Rob, which was these people do do have lawyers and do do due diligence for these hundred million dollar plus loans and that they make a decision. It's not necessarily based on what Letitia James and ju this judge want it to be based on. And Many of the people that got on the stand said that they were they did great uh, business with the Trump family and they would do it again and that it, they were paid back and there was no issue. So, again, um, your thoughts just on that on that topic before we jump forward. Well, I mean, it's a commercial transaction. These are all we call them big boys. They're professionals. Um, they have auditors, accountants, uh, legal team. They have analysts. They have, uh, you know, risk management. They, and and you know Trump is a a, a legitimate credit uh, uh, you know uh, customer and, um, and and he does business with I'm sure tons and tons of people and the government doesn't audit every one of his transactions nor should they because these are pers you know these are business transactions and people make all kinds of decisions in business whether you know and they do it you know on their own uh, accord and that's the way the world works so. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but Trump's been audited for decades. It's not, and he's been in business for decades. That's not really the, the case. The case here that this is a malicious prosecution by a very corrupt uh, situation. And Donald Trump has been a an exemplary the the Trump business, the Trump brand itself is worth plenty. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I, I just personally, you and I both met living in Manhattan so much of our lives. Uh, he did so much for New York City that people don't even oh, know, yeah. let alone putting the, the skating rink and redoing the plaza and all the beautiful buildings. But they, they really dedicated their lives to New York City. Um, 
you know, and it's it's really very sad that this is happening. I there. saw there was uh, a you've talked about his his connections in in, in construction. I saw uh, on on X, uh, Sammy the Bull came out and said, uh, you know, they were trying to turn him for a long time, and and he just he, they couldn't get to him. Um, you know, uh, you know th- that's a tough business, obviously, and there's a lot of uh, influences in that business. But it appears that even the mob couldn't, uh, you know, get him to go sideways there. So, so you know, they they would if they could find anything that was legitimate, we would know about it, and they can't. Yeah, they tried to so, conflate him in the Epstein case when the girl that said that recanted it later, and then we found out that uh, Lisa Bloom. And I uh, had uh, recruited a lot of people to make a lot of accusations. If they had anything on Trump that was real and solid, you'd know about it. I saw some woman that works for the Democratic Party come out and say that they have tape on 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 Trump. They have tape on Giuliani. They have tape on Stone. I'm like, yeah, show us the tape then, because there's no way with this witch hunt of all these people that if you have any real evidence that we haven't already seen it. So now they're on that path. Um, another a little disappointing and upsetting thing to many, many people we know personally, um, two things happened. Uh, Ray Epps uh, finally went to court. That was only after uh, many, many people pointed out that he was outside the night before and the next day, egging people on to go in, being one of the main uh, people that was caught on camera, inciting uh, everything that happened that day. Uh, he got no jail time. I believe, or a suspended sentence. Uh, it looks like yeah, six months. Right. It's, it's hard to tell, uh, but it did seem that the judge felt a lot of sympathy for him, uh, felt bad for him, uh, said that it was horrible what had happened to him. And um, also he got $500 fine. When we know people that have spent two years in the gulag and have yet to be sentenced among hundreds of people that uh, went to jail, have been in jail, had their lives ruined, were put on domestic terrorist list. What I thought was interesting, Rob, though, was, again, a judge, uh, his name is Boesberg, who decided this um, very light sentence for Ray Epps, basically telling him he felt bad he had to sentence him at all. Uh, If any of you have seen Laura Logan's um, piece on Ray Epps or um, Tucker Carlson's, you know what we think about Ray Epps. But um, this is a little suspect. So this Boesberg judge that gave him this very light sentence and felt so bad for him, he also happened to be the FISA court judge during Russiagate. Uh, and he and the Carter Page uh, FISA court judge. And on top of that, he also is the guy that um, decided that Kevin Kleinsmith, who lied during Russiagate and changed information. Remember that whole thing? Um, he also uh, let him out, uh, decided that case as well. So Bozberg is a uh, full on uh, federal court judge in D.C. that tends to get these big cases where uh, people do serious wrongdoing. And yet they uh, get a slap on the wrist, if anything. So uh, Bozberg's been around a long time and very invested in the anti-Trump, uh, get Trump world. So again, what we're dealing with in with judges uh, in D.C. and elsewhere is is disturbing to say the least. It was the Kleinsmith, he, he's the one who uh, forged, forged, forged the uh, FISA application, right? So, I mean, right. that's pretty serious stuff because that opens up people to, uh, you know, uh, unwarranted search and going through, they do these hops where they, they look for people, uh, you know, all, you know, th- there's so much of, of this uh, surveillance that's going on and, and creating uh, dossiers on people. And it's, it's really uh, incredible that, that he was allowed to get away with that. And they, they never even fully uh, uh, reformed that, that FISA process. So that's something that uh, Trump will have to fix when he gets back in. Cause it's a, pretty horrific. 
Yeah, but that this guy, this particular judge, again, all these judges in D.C., the federal D.C. judges, they are not um, they are not playing on a fair playing field. They are not even giving the uh, uh, the look of being unbiased. They seem to be fully in. I, I, you know, the whole Joe Biden speech, we talked about it on the on the live stream on Sunday. Um, You know, that was just reiterating lies. Five, five people, cops were not killed on January 6th. It was not an insurrection. In fact, folks, nobody has been charged with insurrection at all. Uh, But the insurrection talk was already out there before the insurrection that they claim happened, which didn't happen. Uh, So it was very important for them to have the wording of insurrection, which hopefully will come out. And I wanted to mention, Rob, since you just mentioned that, I saw a very strange thing on Google and I, I, this is, it came to advertisers for Google. And I wonder if anyone else saw this because, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with a very strange uh, time. But Google put out something to its advertisers saying that in February 2024, Google will update the inappropriate content policy to clarify the definition of sensitive events. So it put out this whole thing that um, in February of 2024, they'll update their policy to uh, sensitive events which are unforeseen events or developments that create significant risk to Google's ability to provide high quality, relevant information and, and truth and reduce insensitive or exploitative content in a prominent, uh, prominent and uh, monetized features. Um, it goes on to say examples of what we prohibit. And they're saying products or services that exploit, dismiss or condone the sensitive event Uh, including price gouging or artificially inflating prices that prohibit, restrict access to vital supplies, sale of products or services, which may be insufficient for the demand during a sensitive event. Using keywords related to sensitive event to attempt to drive additional traffic, uh, claims that victims of sensitive event were responsible for their own tragedy or similar instances of victim blaming, claims that victims of sensitive events are not deserving of remedy or support, claims that victims from certain uh, countries were responsible or deserving of global public health crisis. Now, the reason that this bothers me so much of Google warning that something in the future, (laughs) in February 2024, will have them to need to update their inappropriate content policy and then what they're defining as what that would entail, says to me that Google, who is apparently this week also having a big, not only are they in Davos, but they're also having a big uh, Department of Defense event sponsored by Google at the Pentagon Ritz-Carlton Hotel up there in DC, but that they are preparing for something in February of 2024. And I have, you know, and we'll talk about my, I'm doing a big event uh, next week. I hope you all join me for, we'll talk about later in the show regarding Davos and the World Economic Forum. But I just want to say, I do not feel that this is something that is totally just by happenstance. And Rob and I have both told you many times, we have been told that a lot of the same people, I personally have gotten direct information uh, that funded the Black Lives Matter riots and all of the riots, uh, the the color revolution that we are in the middle of, the billionaire uh, globalist oligarchy, uh, the American wing of that, uh, that is funding all of this, um, that there is a uh, kind of an organization going on of uh, demand, hashtag demand citizenship marches scouted for February and March. 
And um, that is a very big network of uh, non-government organizations that should all receive no money from the government or grants or taxpayers. But these non-government organizations that are professionals at color revolutions and uprisings are involved in this new situation where they are sending out and contacting and organizing with a lot of the illegals that have come into the country, especially in New York City, to rise up and demand citizenship come February or March. So this just uh, struck me as, as a little concerning that Google is putting out something, I guess, six weeks before they're going to be changing something about uh, protecting um, Google, which would also mean YouTube folks, from misinformation and disinformation for a sensitive event that seemingly has yet to happen. Your thoughts on that, Rob? Well, they, they must have found a loophole in their um, terms of service that, that they wanted to make sure they closed so that they could go after anyone and everyone for whatever reason they choose. So, um, you know, we've talked about, I mean, look, we've been dealing with massive censorship for a very long time. You got kicked off uh, YouTube. Uh, it's got to be three plus, you know, over three years ago. Um, we were kicked off Twitter. You know, we're slightly back there. So we're rebuilding there at Mel K show. Uh, so definitely Thanks. follow us there. But yet you want to, um, and you've talked about this a lot before, you know, sign up for newsletters. So sign up for our newsletter. Anyone you want to follow, sign up for the newsletter because that's a direct way to get to them. But I mean, we've even heard of people that have had, you know, like Google uh, e email and things, you know, uh, well, weird things yeah. happen with that. We've had weird things happen with phones and numbers. I got a new phone not too long ago and a lot of my Patriot connections were like, they lost all the contact information. I had to recreate it all. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with technology. So they want a full track and trace surveillance control. And, um, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that we don't have a voice. That's why we do what we do because the only way for people to learn what's going on is to have real news. Yeah. And, um, and I want to just say that, but, the, but that, uh, and look that up, it's out there, uh, that sensitive, um, the changing of the terms of service for sensitive content. And at some event in February, Google's like, you know, telling you about that does mean that, um, that would include YouTube. So, uh, anyone on YouTube or whatever, I suggest moving over to rumble rumble is being viciously attacked all over the world, but I believe that they will stand uh, tall and make it through it. They are providing truth. And as most of you know, Elon Musk has now brought on Don Limon and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, along with Tucker and other people. So he is trying to create a, a place there where all different voices can have shows and platforms. We also do do the Mel K show uh, over there on X. And I do appreciate if you are watching this, we are, we never got our, the Mel K show back. I've still in appeal, but we never got it back and I'm not alone. There are really good people out there, journalists that didn't get there. But if you can follow me on, um, on Twitter, I am putting my shows up there. So it's at Mel K show, no, the at Mel K show. And I appreciate you, uh, helping me out over there because it is going to be a frontline, uh, warrior front, especially if Google kicks in something new in February and don't forget YouTube updated all of their uh, sensitive content and community standards based on what the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum call truth, uh, which is not truth. It is it is exactly that, that would, what they. Yeah, that that would uh, lead me to believe that they're going to try another type of uh, you know health emergency. I would expect. Well, something on some front. So it could be the uprising and the, the, the riots again, or it could be, it's certainly, I'll, I'll talk about Davos later. Uh, they are talking about a, another pandemic far worse than the original pandemic. 
Well, speaking of, you know, what is going on and and what might be being planned, it's very disturbing. There's been a lot of talk about um, taking out Trump about uh, and there's a rhetoric about he'll be a dictator. He'll do this and that while they're doing it. The people saying it, they're talking about. I mean, Jamie Raskin today was off the charts. I mean, these people, they're just so cruel and it's so twisted and uncomfortable. Uh, to even imagine that people have so much hate in their hearts. But then uh, these journalists were caught on a a hot mic, AP hot mic, uh, talking about killing, assassinating Donald Trump like they did JFK. I mean, they're sitting there laughing and joking as he pulled up to the courthouse. Um, And it's just to me, we are at a place where we have half of the country, or I don't believe it's half of the country, probably. No, I don't think so, no. No way. But I mean, that are openly they 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 believe 81 percent they're saying of Democrats believe Trump shouldn't be allowed to be on the ballot. We got people like Whoopi Goldberg and this Jamie Raskin and all these people saying that Trump, you know, would would kill his enemies and kill gay people and jail his uh, opponent. I mean, all of this rhetoric when he didn't do anything like that before. And uh, and now we have a journalist, supposed journalist. I, I'm I'm convinced that all the journalists that still work are like in their 20s and came out of Columbia or something. But um, they're t- joking about um, the, that they could get a good shot, that they could um, that they could, uh, if only he was in a convertible, talking about um, how they'd like to uh, him to be assassinated. And uh, it was journalists that are sitting there supposed to be reporting. Uh, again, it was from an AP open mic. So we are in very, very strange times, Rob. And um, strange. Well, times they're obviously is- not biased at all. And um, and I, I thought the Secret Service was supposed to look into things like that. But um, look, we have a lot of crazy people out there. Um, I don't think there's nearly as many as the um, the you know the megaphone of the media makes it seem. But um, but it's certainly a very loud and um, a. a a, you know, it's a an encompassing voice that that surrounds us of of this vileness. So, uh, yeah. well, it just seems also like a total circus. Uh, I'm sure everyone by now today saw Hunter Biden, who's who's above the law. You know, he's so tough. He's with his Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris, who paid off all his IRS debt, and now is with him everywhere. Very strange, strange fella. And his lawyer, they decided that they would go in today and sit in the House Oversight Committee while they talk about a resolution to hold uh, Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. Uh, Don't forget, contempt of Congress and all of this stuff, they are actually going to and want to put Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon in jail uh, for less than what uh, Hunter Biden has done here. Um, the House Oversight Committee met uh, Hunter Biden, his lawyer, and um, and Kevin Morris were in there. Uh, and basically, I mean, Nancy Mace called them out. She basically said, uh, the question the American people are asking us is, what is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just PR. You know, this whole thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene goes to ask him and he storms out. So it was a total performance <laughs> art piece today by Hunter Biden. Uh, funny, when he was walking out of court, somebody yelled, what kind of crack do you use? But I mean, that's the world we're living in now. Hunter Biden can traipse around. He can show up. He can mock people. He can go sit in front of the House Oversight Committee of elected officials and glare at them and laugh with his lawyers while actual good people who did nothing wrong but not believe that the January 6th committee was legitimate um, could be going to prison.
And uh, this is unbelievable. And Nancy Mace is right. He should have been arrested right there. But we don't have a normal uh, justice system right now. And they're not even hiding it. Um, your thoughts today on, on Hunter Biden's performance art? Well, you know, he is a very famous artist. We have to remember that right. an artist can be temperamental. So, um, so, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, that his emotions got, got the best of him. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it is, is quite extraordinary that he's allowed to parade around, you know, like, a, like a, a little prince in, you know, whereby, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, on the opposite side of the, uh, of the aisle, we, you know, we have our people being uh, thrown in jail and, and, and silenced and, and whatnot. It, it, it's quite extraordinary. I don't know how this uh, theater is allowed to happen, but, but it continues. It continues. Yeah, I mean, we really are in a bizarre place here. And also Hunter Biden, not just did he decide not to show up for a congressional subpoena and then come mock the oversight committee talking about uh, what the consequences of that should be. But you just brought up his art. Now we find out that the they said that they made an agreement for anonymity with the art dealer. Well, the art dealer said that's not true and that they know exactly who bought Hunter Biden's paintings. And guess who one of the biggest purchasers was? Kevin Morris, the attorney, that paid, <laughs> a Hollywood attorney who paid off his IRS $2 million, also apparently bought most of his art. So I do not know what's going on with Hollywood attorney Kevin Morris, who's side by side with him and apparently uh, got dressed in a dark room this morning. But I got to tell you, all of this is very shady and does not look good. And we're going to be having on Natalie Winters to talk a little bit about Burisma after the fact now is registering as a Farah, uh, with Farah, but Hunter Biden never registered with Farah, and that still hasn't been adjudicated. Nothing Hunter Biden has done. He's walking around, and and that he went there today and basically was like, "I'm I'm more powerful than you. You can't do anything to me." Is truly just shocking, and um, and with the ele- level of criminality that they are, the Biden family, especially Hunter Biden, because President Biden had to have known his son was going to show up and mock the House Oversight Committee that works for we the people right to our faces. Um, then his his attorney, this horrible person, they they, they need to make a, a statement because you know it's so wrong what's happening to Hunter Biden. I mean, it is such a joke at this point. But uh, if you thought that was a, a joke, <laughs> my God, uh, Fannie Willis. Okay, now uh, we've done full shows on the Georgia case. It is a totally bogus, ridiculous, laugh out loud case. It doesn't mean that eighteen people, including Don, in addition to Donald Trump have had their lives turned upside down, have been looted by lawfare and paying to defend themselves in a bogus case of which Trump did not do at all uh, what Fannie Willis, the uh, amateur DA down there, Soros DA, has, a, has said. But we just found out not only was Letitia James at the White House meeting with the Biden administration and the DOJ before she filed her case, but so was the... Um, special prosecutor that Fannie Willis appointed to uh, to try Donald Trump in the bogus Georgia case. His name's Nathan Wade, and um, he also visited the White House uh, multiple times, uh, May 23rd and November uh, 18th. That's quite a span of time. And what's really nice to know is that he also billed taxpayers for his visits to the White House. But what's even crazier, Rob, is that Fannie Willis is having a sexual intimate affair 
with, I believe he's going through a divorce because Fannie Willis has to speak at his divorce or have a deposition in his, in Nathan Wade's divorce hearing. Uh, but Nathan Wade also has never tried a federal RICO case and has also uh, made about a million dollars so far in the prosecution persecution of Donald Trump, which included going on vacations with Fannie Willis to uh, resorts. Um, this this is so egregious and horrible. Uh, this guy invoices the taxpayers of Georgia for two visits to D.C., which included staying there and, and all kinds of travel and all of that. And on top of that, um, why is she putting somebody that she's having a romantic relationship in that kind of position in this high profile of a case? How stupid is this woman? I mean, this should be thrown out right away. But Rob, I mean... Can you imagine? And then the, the million dollars and they're going on vacation celebrating. And remember, Fannie Willis also, right after she filed the case, sent out a fundraising um, a flyer and campaign talking about that she was going to get Trump and uh, should be reelected because of that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Fannie Willis revelations and, the, and her uh, lover, who apparently is, um, is making quite a lot of money on this on this as well? It, it seems that uh, that's their mo. I, I remember uh, AOC had hired like uh, her her, boy, uh, her, her boyfriend, boyfriend right? and was paying him a lot. That's how they do and it. And I mean, Ilhan Omar too. Remember, she hired right. the firm of her of her now husband or boyfriend too. This right, and the whole stuff. Biden family, um, you know, sucks off the same teat, if you will. Uh, you know, yeah. they they all do business all over the world based on. Uh, the Biden name, you know, this level of corruption and, and um, you know, corporate or, or cronyism, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, if it was ever a, a, a reason to recuse someone, I mean, the uh, Fannie Willis situation is certainly one of them. But and also this guy is totally, you know, not he doesn't have the uh, skill set, evidently. No. So, so well, they just use people. Well, on top of all of that, like, you know, they're, they're having an improper. He was married. She's speaking at his divorce, has to give a deposition in his current ongoing divorce. Meanwhile, he's made 654000 in legal fees from the taxpayers of Georgia thus far and has gone on two trips with Willis uh, to Napa Valley and on a Caribbean cruise um, with her during this period of time while she's out there and destroying people's lives because they committed the crime of questioning the election. Um, this is really beyond, uh, anything I've seen so far. And we've seen a lot and, uh, not to be outdone, uh, not that Hunter Biden and Fannie Willis and Letitia James and Erdogan and the Southern district of New York and the federal bench in DC. And on top of that, we know that, um, Graves, Graves, the prosecutor has announced that they will be going after another, I believe thousand uh, people who have not yet been arrested that were outside the Capitol, not committing violence, but will also be charged so that they can keep the insurrection BS going up to the election, it appears. Uh, but that is what Matthew Graves uh, threatened yesterday, that um, he will be arresting a lot more people. And uh, you know why Rob and I didn't go? Because it was too cold.
Uh, so I can assure you that uh, I, I said I don't want to stand outside in the freezing cold all day because we were all ready to go. We actually had two people asking us if they wanted us to pick us up in Manhattan and I mean dr drive us there. So this could happen to anyone. And believe me, I know a lot of people who are libertarians and also um, even Democrats that showed up that day because they believe that our voting system is completely corrupt. It wasn't even about Trump. Um, so that's, that's really disturbing, um, that they're not even done yet. And so much has come out again. Um, the January 6th committee, it is said has destroyed their evidence, um, which should, they should all be held in contempt as well and investigated. Um, but again, still no, um, no, yeah, it's all about the narrative control Mel, as, as, uh, you and I talk about all the time. So, you know, they continue with the indictments, they continue with, you know, trying to put, um, you know, members of the admin, you know, the prior administration in jail, they, they, with the J six, I mean, on and on and on. And yet when they do anything, which when, when they do, when they do what they do, you know, there's nothing to see here. It's so bad. And so ridiculous at this point. I mean, like, you know what I think, I think so that we need the, to remember we talked about, we got to start laughing at them more as, as scary as they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's why I love, because, that's why I like, I uh, love Kunstler. I, I, he makes me laugh because it's so absurd at this point. It's like, it's not, it's like fiction and it's not fiction. And the American people better realize we're all on the same team. This is just these people now, because what they got planned with the global governance and the post-America world that they're all talking about and nobody's paying attention to them, I will be talking about at the end of this show or in the, the third half. But um, I also wanted to mention in the courts this week, more craziness. Who shows up this week for Congress grilling? Dr. Fauci, who remembers nothing. <laughs> remembers. Well, you know, when you get older, Mel, it's, you know, sometimes you forget absolutely everything that you've ever done ever <laughs> he was asked more than a hundred questions to which he basically replied to almost all of them except for a few uh that he does not uh remember or recall uh on a lot of these questions the two things he did admit was that the six feet distancing was probably uh not based on real uh science or data Who's, who put in the six feet distancing and all the other uh, requirements? Dr. Fauci's wife was the person who came up with all of the protocol, like the six feet distancing and Explain much of the that other. Explain that A lot of people yeah. might not remember her position. Yeah, Dr. Fauci's wife was kind of the person who was coming up with all the protocols to protect people, um, occupational, you know, protection uh, during COVID within the same uh, the same agency bubble octopus over there and the NIH and, and NIAD and all of that. Uh, so he's saying like that, you know, the social distancing, just like, listen, when Burks came out, she basically said that none of that was was working, that even masks alone, let alone the six feet distancing and the um, and the uh, washing. Remember, in the beginning, people were like wiping off their groceries. And oh, uh, oh and, and Burke's Burke's famous one was that um, you could spread it without having it. Asymptomatic right. spread. Anything, right. you know. I uh, remember there were, you know, they, they had grave sites everywhere and they had the there were people dropping dead on the streets in China. I mean, why didn't that happen <laughs> here? I mean, these people are so diabolical. The pandemic was, is I just, Dr. Fauci sat there the whole time. He, he, he did kind of admit that the proximal, um, document that we've talked about in the past was BS. Basically, uh, everyone knows that, uh, it was just to divert attention from the, uh, lab, leak 
the lab leak. Uh, he also skirted around, of course, as much as he could, um, approving uh, gain of function research until he actually had to kind of admit it. Uh, he said that there were systematic failures in America's public health systems, of course, not him. Um, and on top of that, basically, he um, skirted around everything, didn't take any responsibility as far as I can see. And, um, you know, a lot has come out, including people want to know why he met with the CIA under the cloak of darkness uh, during this period of time. And um, also, uh, he oversaw uh, the grants to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So how does he have no real answers? So a lot's coming out about that. I'm happy uh, at least that um, he is being questioned. But again, um, he wasn't given and he took zero responsibility. As far as he's concerned, it's over. And uh, like Hillary Clinton and Benghazi, what difference does it make? Well, I hope it makes a lot of difference um, on top of that. And and just uh, as we wrap up the uh, lawfare lunacy section of this um, of this show, uh, Jack Smith still acting as if uh, the, because uh, they're deciding immunity, obviously, right now in uh, D.C. in the appeals court, that immunity th case might go to the Supreme Court. Um, the whole point is that, and I, I agree with um, Donald Trump's lawyers, and I would assume that you, you do too, Rob, um, if they say that he doesn't have immunity to things he did while he was president, then none of them do. And I don't know if droning American citizens without approval, like Obama, or going into Iraq with when they knew that there was no weapons of mass destruction, and if any of the parents of those soldiers that died in both situations and other situations or anything else that's happened under the watch of any president uh, goes into effect if they decide that Trump does not have immunity. Uh, again, remember, on January 6th, Donald Trump was still president. Uh, and, and everything should be covered under presidential immunity, as, as should anyone that was involved with him at the time. But if they do decide that he doesn't qualify for immunity, I would say that that would uh, be a big mistake for Clinton, for uh, Bush. B the other Bush is gone, but uh, also uh, for Obama, especially the I had no scandal scandal guy. And, uh, and Biden right now. So uh, tread lightly, Democrats that are hoping he uh, gets his immunity taken away. Um, but uh, he is, the Jack Smith case is supposed to be on hold while that is figured out. Well, Jack Smith keeps going and putting things in, but um, regardless. But what is a little more disturbing is a uh, top prosecutor on uh, Jack Smith's case um, is uh, was the person that recommended to the FBI to shut down the investigation of the Hillary Clinton Foundation in 2016, uh, despite mount mountains and mountains of evidence, especially there's lots of evidence by my friends, the Clinton Foundation whistleblowers, who if you're not following them online, you should, because uh, their case is still out there against the Clinton, well, whistleblowing uh, against the Clinton Foundation. But in 2023, uh, report on FBI crossfire hurricane investigation, special counsel John Durham identified Ray Holzer, the former chief of the Department of Justice Public Integrity Section, as the official who declined prosecution on the Clinton Foundation. Holzer now serves on Jack Smith's team currently prosecuting Donald Trump. Again, conflict of interest, totally corrupt. How is this possible? 
So we got we got the guy who did the FISA court letting Ray Epps off. Now we have the guy who did said not to prosecute Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation on the on the Jack Smith case. And we have former a lot. We talked about it last week, but we have all these former uh, people that were in the Department of Justice and in the White House, including uh, Ed Meese and others coming out and say the entire uh, Jack Smith being named a special counsel in this case at all as a private citizen is not legit and that Merrick Garland had no uh, legal right to even uh, put him in this position. But um, look, they're, they're, this is a small club like, um, like uh, you know, uh, my, my uh, favorite comedian, what was his name? Um, Garland. Thanking, right. Uh, <laughs> George, Garland, George Garland, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, but uh, he told us this is a big club and you're not in it. And Don't that big club Roseanne. in Washington. Yeah, I won't. I won't. No, she's my favorite. But my big club in and, and Brewer, yeah, my big club in Washington, uh, in Washington D.C. Federal courts and uh, federal bureaucracy and these unelected people, uh, and we're not in it. The American people are not even considered in these cases, and they keep recycling the same people over and over um, that continue to do this. Um, and uh, other than that, um, in you know, that- Mel, you. you- talked a lot about um, how Trump really, well, first of all, all of these attacks on him, you know, it, it kind of, uh, it, it, it humanizes him in a certain way. It also, it, 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 it makes him more relatable to a lot of people who've been kind of screwed by the system, if you will. Um, so, so, and you've talked a lot about how, how, you know, he, he should use that, but I mean, it's true and it really, you know, it, and he should, should message that because, the reality is he's under attack for 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 really doing nothing and uh and these people are demonstrating criminality uh left and right and and it just gets you know it just gets swept under the rug and pushed aside so uh you know his numbers keep going up his his uh you know people are opening their eyes they're seeing how how this person is being uh attacked and lawfared and demonized you know and and, and in the same way it may, many Americans have experienced in their own small businesses or um, family court or, uh, you know, any number of things. It could be a traffic violation, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah, so, so, so it, it, as much as they're, it's so desperate to me because it's, it's laughable. I mean, obviously it's, it's dangerous, but it, it is, yeah. it, it, it's shines a light. Yeah, I mean, and also, I just want to want to correct only one thing you said there. I don't think that this is against Donald Trump. I think this is against we, the people of the United States, and who we choose as our leaders and who we want to vote for. What we care about is all being totally, not just ignored, but we are being mocked and and silenced, and and they're kind of pointing their fingers like like. Karen Jean-Pierre and this is just like Saki and Kirby. They're looking at at the American people like you don't have a say. It's not up to you. You can't. I mean, they're saying 120 are filing in different states all over the country to not just take Donald Trump off the ballot, but to take anyone that it was in that questioned the 2020 election off the ballot in states, in local races all over the country. And we got Mark Elias out there and all these other people that want to jail any lawyers, any any uh, electors, any 
this is not about Donald Trump. This is about the American people and our rights under the Constitution, under the Bill of Rights, and what is wrong and right, and what is decent and what is perverse. And they do not care. The globalist billionaire oligarchy that has captured our country and is running Washington, D.C., does not care that the American people are even here. Uh, as far as I can see, they are in a post-America world and they are functioning as if America is no longer uh, belongs to we the people and we the people don't matter as they walk, march into war and theater and all of that. So um, what was just up by Turley, that's that's the what I was talking about. Um, they want to take 126 Republican uh, colleagues under the same sweeping theory used against Trump off the ballot. Now, just think about how massive this is and then tell me that this is the Democratic Party. It's not. It's the global billionaire oligarchy that is post-America. They are the Davos crew, friends of them. They're the international banking cartel, all these people. They are running the world as if they are the Democratic Party. But everything that you're seeing is aligning through these people and their multiple black you know, ops, uh, you know, NGOs and uh, and and lawfare firms and all of this. And it's really just simply disgusting. And I, I don't understand at this point how anyone looks at left and right Republican Democrat as being real at all. It is literally either you are America or you're not because America means that we all are under the same constitution, the bill of rights, and we all have a say and have a vote. Uh, again, you know, Rob, uh, speaking well, I, was just of gonna, voting, I just wanted to add one thing there, which is a kind of pro tip. So, um, whenever anyone that you're, you know, in conversations with or you bump into and, and they start to bring up, uh, you know, Republican or Democrat or left and right. Um, you know, what we always do is like, you know, it's not about that. You know, they're no. both corrupt, you know, both yeah. parties are corrupt and we are focused on, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, freedom. You know, that's what we need to really be fighting for. And it's, it's kind of disarming. Uh, because because most people would be like, yeah, no, I get that. So um, so as you're uh, you know you're helping to wake people up, make sure you 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 really understand. And I know it's hard because a lot of people have grown up with these parties and they feel very affiliated to the parties. But clearly, they've been um, you know usurped and and uh, and taken over by uh, other forces. The U.S. government ban on disclosing the exact number of receipts of national security related requests for surveillance of users um, at X, uh, you know, X was saying it was unconstitutional. Well, you know what? Um, the Supreme Court rejects the appeal by Elon Musk on disclosing federal surveillance. So, again, I keep telling people I do not see much evidence that um X is not still a surveillance data collecting operation. And um, as much as everyone loves Elon Musk right now, uh, he should be um, proving to the people that they are not no longer have back doors into Twitter because I am very worried about um, this this criminal uh, enterprise that is running the Department of Justice and um, and about to arrest another thousand people who were standing outside the Capitol. I mean, so the Supreme Court rejected the petition um, or review uh, in X Corp versus Garland, uh, basically saying that um, uh, no uh, justices dissented in this either. Wow. Um, so basically, the decision came after an appeals court uh, in August showed 
that special counsel Jack Smith had secured a search warrant in early 2023 for the Twitter account of President Donald Trump as part of a federal criminal probe of the former chief executive um, over uh, election allegations. Um, But then it goes on to, and and you have to remember, not only did Jack Smith get all of Donald Trump's Twitter and all of that, he also requested everyone that ever liked or shared or replied or direct messaged Donald Trump on Twitter as well. The appeals court turned away X's request to void the contempt ruling and non-disclosure order. X X didn't immediately hand over the materials sought by Jack Smith in the warrant and asked a court to halt in order preventing the company from informing President Trump. So they didn't want President Trump to know that X was handing him over to um, Jack Smith's team or anyone else of the existence of a warrant. The federal district court fined X $350,000 for contempt for missing the handover deadline to Jack Smith of all of Donald Trump's Twitter information and all who also uh, retweeted, liked, shared, whatever. Twitter indicated it planned to disclose the number of times in a prior six-month period that the government served Twitter with national security processes, uh, subpoenas, but the government denied its request, relying on a provision in the USA Freedom Act of 2015. I'm telling you, Obama knew this was all coming. (laughs) Which restored and modified several provisions of the Patriot Act. So uh, in the USA Freedom Act of 2015, Obama uh, restored and modified several provisions of the Patriot Act that had lapsed that a lot of people, including myself, thought should have been completely rescinded, the entire thing. Um, So uh, because the Supreme Court decided not to grant the petition, a decision by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit remains intact. Uh, In this decision, the the circuit court uh, that restrictions on speech addressing a recipient's receipt of national security process are not subject to the procedural requirements outlined in Friedman versus Maryland. uh, That precedent holds that acts of government censorship must be promptly reviewed by the court. So at this point, uh, the Supreme Court punted on um, Jack Smith's ridiculous and uh, requests and uh, Elon Musk's uh, wanting there to be a fair uh, notification of such requests. Uh, the, the Supreme Court wants to not deal with that. Um, in Ohio, though, uh, voter ID law uh, was um, the court throws out a challenge to Ohio's voter ID law. No evidence it burdens voters. So uh, at least in Ohio, they're saying having an ID is not a burden. <laughs> on voters and um and that's people should be filing those suits for voter id all over the country because i just saw in arizona um there's a provision in the uh in the voting section about illegals uh and in many other states you don't need an id at all and um and then there's the 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 dmv registration for voting that's happening with a lot of illegals so i hope everyone's looking out for that but that's one way um to do it is to file and you don't need to be a lawyer uh, a, to roll back anything that was put into the election laws because of the pandemic, though it appears in February they have something coming. And um, B, uh, voter ID and uh, and should be a no-brainer. It is everywhere in the world. And with the illegals coming through the border, we have every right and reason as American citizens to demand that the people that vote in our elections are verified American citizens by ID. You know what they can do, Rob? They could actually make it, if it's so hard for minorities to get ID, which is the stupid thing they're saying, which is insulting to begin with, why don't they make it easier to get ID? 
rather than saying no ID when they have 11 million people that came through the, the border uh, that we can't find. And we had a, a New York um, elected representative on an interview on TV saying that she needed more illegals in her district so that she could win. So what are your thoughts on that, the voter ID nonsense? Well, it's ridiculous. You need an ID to do almost anything. And um, and we've kind of gotten used to the fact that it's important uh, when you fly, when you use a credit card, when you go to the hospital, when you go to school, uh, you know, anything you do, um, you know, they want to attach it to you because they're, you know, and it's, it's ridiculous. Look, all of these things are absurd. Um, you were talking, uh, you know, a lot about, you know, the, you know, they're policing speech and, you know, it, it, it needs to be a safe space. Look, life is a dangerous sport. You can fall down the stairs, you can have a car accident, you can get sick, you know, people say things that might upset you or whatnot. Um, we cannot police the entire, you know, country or world so that it's, it's safe. It's just not, life is not supposed to be safe. Um, but we can work together and we can respect each other and we can, you know, have, have norms. And what they're doing is they're destroying all the norms, but they're, they're creating this system of control based on a false premise of safety and security. And it's for your own good. So, you know, yeah, for, you know, for our own good, that's, that's it. Remember what Ben Franklin said, those that would give up, you know, liberty for a little security deserve neither. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we're headed here with this giant government. Uh, I can't even believe what's going on. But speaking of dangerous, Rob, if we want to get into actual dangerous stuff happening in the United States with our installed regime that is openly uh, supporting the controlled demolition and the removal of the United States of America as we know it, um, from where we are. Last week, I don't know if everyone's following what is going on with our troops being uh, attacked uh, all over. This has a lot to do with Israel and the, the controlled demolition of uh, the planet on top of the controlled demolition of the United States by the billionaire globalist oligarchy that desperately wants the Great Reset, no matter how many people they have to put in harm's way, uh, in my estimation. Uh, but just last week, there was a, a I'm sure many of you heard about it by now. There was an American drone strike in Baghdad that took out a uh, high-ranking Tehran-backed militant leader. And as you know, not only did, did Blinken and Biden and Sullivan and all of them give all this money uh, to Iran, and they reinstated uh, last week their relationship, apparently, or, or re-upped re uh, with, with Qatar, but they are at the same time uh, doing drone strikes on militant leaders that are connected to both of those nations. But anyway, there was a lot of talk about this um, and why U.S. troops are still deployed in Iraq, the positives and negatives, all this stuff going on in the news to only find out that Secretary Austin, who should be running this conversation, has been in the hospital for two weeks. Um, so the uh, U.S. military right now is running. And what Secretary Austin, apparently he got an elective procedure that went wrong. Uh, we're not really told anything about this. During these drone strikes and what is going on in the Red Sea and what is going on in Iraq and other places with the Houthis, Austin has been out of commission. At the same time, what, what we do know is that underneath the president, when it comes to war, is the Secretary of Defense, Austin. Underneath him are multiple other people, including the Joint Chiefs, and the, and the other people in the military, but the head of, uh, I believe, 
um, I'm not sure what other division we had it up before. Austin isn't the only person out of commission. There's also, I believe, uh, another head of the military that's out of commission right now. And, um, and on top of that, we uh, find that the Marine Corps commandant uh, underwent open heart surgery over the same period of time. Then we have obviously Kamala Harris and President Joe Biden apparently were unaware of Austin not being uh, on duty because he didn't set up the protocol and chain of command that you're supposed to do uh, when you are going into any kind of break. You know, it's funny, I saw um, uh, a couple other people commenting that have been in the military on a high ranking levels. And it said that if they even took off a day, they had to go through a whole procedure of making sure that um, that they followed chain of command, that they had uh, protocols, that other people were in position when they were out. Like a hey, Mal. Yeah. yeah. You've had jobs. I've had jobs. You don't just not show up, especially when you're dealing with a world war situation wars. where we're yeah. multiple wars and, and the threat of world war and, uh, you know, all this, you know, unrest everywhere. I mean, this is, I mean, and he is within the succession of the chain of command. Um, this is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it should be impeachable, fireable, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's totally, totally unacceptable. This uh, administration is, is, um, you know, there, there's no transparency whatsoever. You know, clearly they, they, they are, um, uh, you know, it's like the Keystone cops. So, yeah, it's um, crazy. You know, it's yeah, scary. you're talking about you're talking about chain of command and all of that. Well, the person underneath him uh, is is Kathleen Hicks. We saw her recently. Uh, I, I, John Stewart interviewed her, and she was talking about how the Pentagon can't seem to pass an audit, and and they don't know where all this money goes. Um, she was apparently in Puerto Rico unaware of Austin being gone. So she's the one right under him that maybe should have been in there. And then there's um, the uh, uh, anti-racist racist, uh, General Charles Q. Brown, who was just put in as the successor of Mark Milley, but nobody has any ev evidence that he was involved. So who exactly is running the military right now while we're in multiple theaters of war? And I assure you folks, they are about to start the exact same PR propaganda campaign to have the United States back a war to defend the democracy that is Taiwan in their minds, which is not a democracy, uh, which is not our war. Um, but the, and, and also Taiwan, by the way, is the size of Maryland. And I don't know why they can't come up with a peaceful solution, but they can't come up with peaceful solutions anywhere. But I just wanted to say, Rob, this is very dangerous. We don't know who's calling these drone strikes or approving them if it's not the president and it's not the secretary of defense and it's not his underperson. And then we're finding out other people that are supposed to be in that chain of command and, and that continuity uh, situation when he's unavailable weren't involved either. So again, and then I, I also wanted to mention that the U.S. and allies met secretly uh, with a uh, to plan Ukraine uh, a Ukraine peace plan. Um, not only did they meet secretly, Blinken and uh, and the same crew uh, in Saudi Arabia and elsewhere, but it wasn't such a secret because Russia and China and Iran and are all talking about it, that they can't negotiate a peace plan without the other party. It's not up to the NATO and the U.S. and their 
you know, their war. But I, I will tell you that there are people coming out to Rob um, that are basically saying, and these are Ukrainians. This is a, a Ukrainian um, general basically saying that the war is over and, you know, they don't know what's going to happen to Zelensky, uh, though he'll be in Davos this week. We'll get into that in a minute. But also, um, it looks like what we're seeing here is a closing down of the Ukraine operation. And uh, But I don't know why they... This is my issue with all of these people that are running our military industrial complex. Why aren't they trying to negotiate peace anywhere? Nobody's talking about peace at all. And I don't think in 2024, most people on planet Earth want a nuclear war, which is the next stop here. And listen, Russia is I mean, not no, you, suffering. You, you you say it all the time. All wars are bankers' wars. We've heard that for a long time, and um, you know, you know, these are the neocons that that um, it, it, this is where their uh, bread is buttered. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, we all understand that. We know that, but it's so in our face that uh, it's um, again. This is waking a lot of people up, and they're seeing us sending all this money to Ukraine, and and you know, it's it's extraordinary. Well, also, I want people to understand, because I don't believe left and right, Republican and Democrat, I think we're totally captured by this globalist billionaire oligarchy that I believe is funding both sides of all of these wars, including in Israel and Ukraine, and eventually Taiwan, if they get that. Uh, but what I will say to everyone out there watching this, and I would say to say this to your neighbor, because honestly, the American citizens are being told that each other are their enemies, and that's not true. Uh, this is a color revolution, and we're being man it's manufactured. But uh, there is no way that the U.S. military has enough troops uh, and enough volunteer troops to go fight at the, the theater of war that is in that they are talking about with Taiwan. Uh, that that can happen. And again, Russia has been empowered and strengthened uh, by what has happened here. But again, and talk about that. Also, on top of that, North Korea is out there uh, talking about that. They just had a meeting. Um, G and Kim Jong Un had a meeting last week where they reestablished and uh, and kind of hugged it out about their friendship going forward, both militarily and financially, economically, after which North Korea said that they're prepared for war and will have no hesitation in annihilating South Korea if, if they must, uh, and that they're back in the theater of war. So that just happened as well. The Yemen Houthis um, fired dozens of missiles and drones towards the Red Sea shipping lanes, uh, and uh, in retaliation, the Pentagon called the offensive a complex operation, but claimed to have repelled the strikes. Uh, I would like to know who is running that mission, so at least we can know that they are uh, out there. If Austin's not, who who is in charge over there? Um, but also, uh, we need you to know on top of that, that um, the U.S. does not... Uh, so the total number of active duty soldiers in the armed forces... Um, has decreased uh, to 1,284,500 in the fiscal year of 2024. But what you need to know, and, and in the last three years, there's been a decline of 64,000 troops. Um, they're having a very hard time recruiting uh, at all uh, at this point. And guess what, though? Russia and China have, Russia has 1.15 million troops, and China has 2.35 million troops, active troops. Russia and China have reiterated just this week that they are in this together, and uh, so have most of the BRICS nations. So um, all I can say, Rob, is what I would say to most people out there is, guess what? 
if they continue down this path and don't negotiate peace uh, all over the world and, and end these endless wars that are just profiting these global public-private partnerships and this military-industrial complex and all of this, then they are going to have to do a draft. And it's not going to matter if you're Republican, Democrat, black, white, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, Jewish. They're going to draft your kids. And this is how irresponsible. So, you know, the Austin uh, story is just one on a tip of an iceberg of a foreign policy that needs to be reevaluated, for God's sakes. I mean, the people that created this this nightmare uh, are all dead, you know, basically, other than than the, the project for a new American century and the architects of the war on terror. Uh, but Kissinger was the last one to die of this entire fiasco of our foreign policy. And all I can say is, Rob, I do not understand why the words peace, negotiating peace and avoiding nuclear war are not top priority for everyone in the United States other than the propaganda machine is not telling them the truth. And the rest of the world is uniting against this administration, the O'Biden, O'Biden administration. And yet the American people, we have Democrats out there that are okay with what's going on with Trump, with taking people off the ballots, with silencing, censoring people, all of this. They don't even know that they're, they're we're not their enemy. Their enemy is very clear and it's not their neighbors. And I really hope people start to realize that the path that they have us on is either the globalist billionaire oligarchy of Davos and the international banking cartel get their great reset and fourth industrial revolution, or they're taking us into, into nuclear war, World War III we are in, but like on steroids. And I don't, th- I don't see enough people prioritizing the anti-war necessity that we are facing here, Rob. Your, your thoughts, especially at, once I saw the Austin story, I just thought, my God, the American people have no idea how close we are to the next level of war, kinetic war, and what could happen here, let alone to our, what, 800 bases around the world. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, Rob? Well, like I, I, like I said before, you know, the, the military industrial complex is uh, a, one of the major industries in this country. It's uh, very easy for them to make money if we're in war. Uh, this is they, they seem to be only driven by power and money. These people, they, they don't seem to have a conscience. They seem, you know, it, it, entirely so, <clears throat> sociopathic. Um, so and, and it's all about, you know, and then and as far as people understanding, you know, this relates to the narrative control and censorship and uh, the, you know, the, the lack of, of understanding of many people who read headlines and watch mainstream media. So, so like I said before, again, um, you know, that's the reason why we do what we do is because we, um, we are, are fervently for truth and peace and transparency and what we require uh, and we ask of all of you out there, you know, sincerely is that you do everything in your power, in your sphere of influence to, you know, to, to, to break through that barrier, however you can, to get people to understand what's going on in this world and who the real enemy is, because that's the only way that we, you know, save this this country. And quite frankly, and unite. that's where we should unite. That's where we should right. unite. Uh, not just here, but I mean, the seven billion people on planet Earth that the folks Correct. in Davos are deciding for. Because I got to tell you right now, um, I don't understand, and I don't know if you guys out there do that in 2024 on planet earth, that we are still anyone on this entire, the 7 billion, 7.9 billion of us, 
people that aren't running the militaries of the world or this globalist billionaire oligarchy, forthright great reset crew that is funding all of this destruction and death and hell and pandemics. I don't understand how anyone on planet earth is okay with innocent human beings dying under any circumstance for any reason in mass events like war. Uh, there is no reason we can't negotiate foreign policies that benefit everyone. First and foremost, you got to get the heck out of, get the UN out of everyone's world and lives and all of their things. I'll go into that in a minute. But on top of that, there should be a new system of world cooperation where we all want peace. In 2024, we have enough of everything else to make sure that every nation is thriving and is, is doing the best for their people where they're not. Things can happen, but the, the idea of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, they just called, they just, um, I believe are calling up 50,000 women. They are out of men basically to fight in Ukraine. Why are people dying at all over land disputes by people who are deciding this, whose children will not be fighting? The people that will be fighting have nothing to do with the people that are deciding to fight. NATO should have been dismantled a long time ago. It is the one world military as far as I'm concerned. And, and Russia has not threatened to expand. The whole situation here is about destroying what is and creating this totalitarian one world agenda 2030 model that the totalitarian technocrat global billionaire oligarchy elite are discussing this coming week in Davos. And I'll tell you right now, uh, the people that are involved in the controlled demolition of America and the global governance on their own, it's on all their own websites, folks. Just go look it up. Go look up global governance on the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the IMF, the World Bank. Go look up Agenda 2030. Go ask yourself the 17 sustainable development goals for what and for whom. And, and you'll know the truth. We did, me and Rob did a whole comedy routine last night about how nice, how, how generous and nice and kind and loving to humanity the, uh, the Davos crew apparently is because all they need us is to do is to transfer all of our wealth, trillions of dollars, they need to, us to transfer all of our property, all of our natural resources, all, everything that we have, the minds of our children, all of our land to them, you know, to them, John Kerry will handle it. You know, John Kerry and John Podesta and, you know, all the people over there that are hanging in Davos, Larry Fink, they'll handle everything. Just transfer everything we have to them and they'll save planet Earth from climate change and, and pandemics and all of that when they're the ones that cause it. And, and, you know, I've just really had it with these people. And I just want people to understand wherever you can find like minds, start talking to people about war. Do you want your children to go die in a war somewhere when we can easily sit down and negotiate? We don't know what they want because we're not getting real news. And I, I want to mention real quick um, that we we have a problem uh, with with propaganda in America, as as all of you that watch me obviously know. But what I have to tell you is that we, the people that are paying for it, okay? Not only, and, and I've done full shows, uh, obviously I was kicked off of Twitter for many of them, but one of them on the Smith Modernization Act. And, and, you know, of course, all the same people that are upset that um, the QAnon and Trump and MAGA people are upset about the F Jeffrey Epstein case. Imagine that. They're not upset about it. Why would you be upset about it, says Politico and NBC. Well, those same people also believe that, um, that they should control information 
period, and, and truth, and that they should be the arbiters of truth. But did you know that we, the people of the United States, are paying $800 million in taxpayer money to an organization that is run, uh, that is a propaganda organization that started uh, during the Cold War. It's the uh, U.S. Agency for Global Media. Um, I don't know if you guys are all aware of this, the National Associate, uh, what is this? Uh, yes, the, um, this is the global uh, group. It is called, uh, let me just get all this information right. So it, this- It group, reminds me of, uh, what is it, uh, you know, Radio Free America or something, you know, it's just- No, it's that is what it is. No, it is what it is. It's so crazy. So it's um, so it's called, I just want everyone to know, because they change names. So it's the U.S. Agency for Global Media. We, the people of the United States, are funding the U.S. Agency for Global Media. It's funny. I remember when the lady that runs it got upset because Elon Musk wanted to put next to uh, the U.S. Agency for Global Media and Voice of America and all of them, like government-funded, like they do to RT and all them, government-funded uh, next to Twitter. Uh, remember how they were? They started doing that. They had a big problem with it. But the truth is that this is a group that people should um, really know about and understand that a lot of the propaganda that is coming at us is being made by our own country. Uh, and this same propaganda is going around the world and we are paying for it. So, you know, in my mind, I'd like to know um, what this whole agency is really about uh, and what they are doing, because it says that... Um, that they so basically it says that um the agency broadcasts news from a u.s perspective abroad it was founded on the principle that promoting freedom of the press around the world requires balanced objective news coverage including reporting critically on the u.s and its foreign policy um basically it, it collaborates um uh, so it, it basically makes propaganda pro-america propaganda overseas but the problem is that um i believe that they are also doing it here so this is the u.s agency for global media it is a government funded by us state um so voice of america you're correct that's there too uh but on top of this is that uh, what you said before is that this group is overseen by congress so not only is this agency, the U.S. Agency for Global Media, in the business of creating propaganda, it appears here and abroad, uh, but they also are overseen by Congress and specifically by the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, House Committee on Foreign Relations, the Appropriations Committee, uh, the House Subcommittee on State Foreign Operations and Related Programs, and uh, many other groups here that run this uh, entity and uh, their mission stated is, um, is basically that they correct the record around the world. But if this agency, uh, and like you said, it is, um, I want people to know, it's Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, the Office of Cuban Broadcast, Cuba Broadcasting, Radio Free Asia, Middle East Broadcasting Networks, Open Technology Fund. Uh-oh, I, I wonder if the Open Society folks are involved in that. And the Voice of America, as you said, among other things. They also have deals with PR firms and production companies. So, um, you know, we got a lot of propaganda about the Russia uh, situation. Uh, we get a lot of propaganda about things all over the world. They also put it out around the world. I just don't know if this is... Uh, if 
this is what the American people believe that we should be doing or that we should be paying for. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, government paid for, taxpayer paid for propaganda uh, being laid on us because, you know, now it's legal thanks to Obama and his friends, but, you know, put out all around the world. So so just to back up a little bit. So the Smith-Munt Act was to Modernization. Uh, outlaw. Well, no, the original one was to outlaw right. um, propaganda domestically by, you know, the government and journalists, right, uh, to be used. And so the, and that was revised by Obama to allow right. Uh, for um, propaganda to be used against the country. So I was, you know, so now we have the mainstream media, um, you know, Mockingbird Media, which was a program that we've learned about through uh, Senate hearings over time, that they are often controlled by our intelligence agencies. So we also have, uh, you know, the science journals that are controlled by the we have the education system controlled by the same money. We have, uh, you've reported on the, some of the local rags. So a lot of these, when you go to the grocery store, uh, a lot yeah, of these- Courier uh, newsroom, courier newsroom yeah. and good, good, good information. Uh, they're all, uh, the, yeah, exactly. People need to know about that. Go ahead, Rob, tell, tell that story yeah. about the local uh, papers. That they bought. Yeah, so the local papers, a lot of these local papers are, are, are owned and by the same uh, you know, industrial censorship and, and propaganda complex. And then we have the censorship that's going on on the platforms, which we've learned that a lot of these platforms were founded by, um, you know, InQtel and, you know, and the government money, which we pay for. And then now they, they use that to, to generate income and, and generate, um, uh, you know, dossiers on people collecting uh, data. Uh, so, and, and they're shutting down, you know, whether it's talk about whatever you want to talk about, politics, uh, education, uh, healthcare. So we're not allowed to freely share information. It's, a, it's you know, people need to understand that, that and we talked about financial news earlier, uh, which is also in financial data. So, so we are living, you know, in that matrix. Um, and so it's so important that people understand that a lot of the information that comes at us uh, is not real. It just yeah. not. Yeah. And like you said, the Smith-Munt Act of 1948 um, banned domestic propaganda in 2013, 2012, 2013. Um, a new law was introduced with several exceptions to the ban, including the agency's materials can be made available in the United States upon request, for example, to researchers and journalists, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and on top of that, I do want to make clear that in the competes, and again, this entire news propaganda agency, $800 million of taxpayer money is run by Congress. Okay. Right now, who is Congress working for? Aren't, isn't this the Congress that sent $200 billion to Ukraine um, that are all in bed with the lobbyists and everything else? Because I also want you to know that in the Competes Act, this same Congress that runs this allocated $500 million for media outlets to, for media outlets, folks, Politico, New York Times, MSNBC, CNN. Uh, Congress allocated $500 million for media outlets to produce journalism for overseas audiences that is critical of China. 
Um, so meant to combat Chinese disinformation, the Competes Act bill would direct funding to the U.S. Agency for Global Media, a U.S.-run uh, media service, as well as local outlets and programs to train foreign journalists and American journalists on how to cover this. So they're not hiding the vast propaganda machinery rather than allowing free press and journalism as they complain about misinformation and disinformation. They continue to do this. And on top of that, on top of this, all this stuff, which we need to know about, I'm sure that this is upsetting people uh, that <laughs> that are, are doing this, but this, we also, Rob and I covered, and of course, Judicial Watch also covered that um, there was, I believe, uh, I don't remember the exact number. It was hundreds of millions of dollars that was doled out to all the media agencies and to a lot of celebrities, late night comics, athletes, uh, to, uh, propagate the pandemic and get people to take the vaccine. So this is, this can be used in any way uh, on top well, of that, that. There was some reporting that, uh, the, the, you know, the Taylor Swift, uh, uh you know, operation, you know, using, uh, 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 uh you know, all of these, uh, you know, of course involved in that too i mean it's crazy but also uh, i want you to know because they're calling us and and people that are telling the truth the problem we'll jump to davos in a second it's a big story i want everyone to pay attention to next week but um so it turns out that the u.s state department paid for censorship practitioners from germany uh, which does not employ the same freedoms uh, as Americans do in our First Amendment to train teachers in the United States how to police so-called disinformation, uh, a FOIA request uh, from the Media Research Center has shown. So again, this is on top of that. So the United States government, again, the State Department under Blinken and Sullivan, have paid for trainings that were created mostly by German disinformation activists uh, and that program was organized by an advocacy group that promotes similar laws in the United States uh, that uh, that would um, uh, fight uh, disinformation. These are for-profit anti-disinformation firms, uh, if you can imagine. Um, and the media logs on propaganda training sessions funded by a grant from the U.S. Embassy in Berlin consisted of 11 online meetings from June 2021 to April 2022 with an audience of 700 school teachers in America. The intent was to train teachers to inoculate students against disinformation and train them in media literacy. Um, to go on, again, they also tell them about trusted sources, which include the AP, Reuters, the New York Times, Washington Post, and other Along, I know, along with NewsGuard, also a group outside of the out of the University of Rhode Island, an activist nonprofit, and a for-profit censorship firm, all shared top officials and projects within this group. Uh, it's a anti-disinformation uh, officials also allegedly violated their own purported tenants. Surprise, surprise misleading about their financial connections, promoting misinformation like the Russia, <laughs> Trump Russia hoax, censoring true information about the lab leak theory, and also squashing Im uh, information about the 2020 election. So the same people that they're um, talking about, this also includes Adfontis, who we've talked about before on here, and NewsGuard are involved. And this is uh, the media literacy program. It's also being uh, promoted and funded through the teachers unions. It is now um, 
So they've convinced 18 states to make laws on media literacy training in America that we'll, we'll be paying for. Um, and uh, it also it lobbies, oh, of course it lobbies, for mandatory training in schools to fight misinformation and online radicalization and the importance of media literacy. Uh, it never really defines it. And it says that it's calling it a tool to create the society we all deserve one that nurtures racial equity social justice and true democracy media literacy equals cultural change and we are dedicated to it in america these groups are the national association for media literacy and education and also the national association for um uh media literacy uh in schools and guess what the national association for media literacy education has partnered with top social media platform TikTok. To remove accounts of spreading misinformation. The National Association of Media Literacy is funded by Facebook, TikTok, New America, Thomson Reuters, the Tides Foundation, surprise, surprise, YouTube, and the U.S. State Department. Oh, and guess what? What could go wrong, Mel? You know, I mean, now you know um, why I'm I'm so excited every time I go to the uh, mailbox because given that that you actually have a journalism degree from nyu and uh we are fighting disinformation every day i keep looking for our grant to help help with that fight and uh, it it never comes it's it's extraordinary to me but i'm i'm hopeful that someday that um we'll get a little support to help you know spread the truth uh you know unfortunately oh by the way i there was there's some breaking news um it looks like Chris Crispy uh, dropped out of the race, and um, Krispy Kreme stock is up six percent in the aftermarket. <laughs> so that's interesting news. I just want to know who paid for him to be involved in it at all. Uh, I just remember him and Obama hugging. So uh, you know me. Um, but anyway, uh, that's good to know. I can't wait till the warmonger, uh, you know, military industrial complex plant, uh, Nikki Haley is removed. Uh, but also just back to what we were saying, just so you, you guys know, um, this, this literacy program I'm talking about, which is also connected to the to the propaganda program that we pay for, um, it has already been installed in 18 states, including New York and California, as mandatory to be educated, uh, used in K through 12 schools and the uh, teachers unions, which should be uh, uh, dismantled, uh, are backing and funding this. But on top of that, the Biden administration taps liberal, liberal journalism institute to teach reporters how to be balanced and bias free. Rob, can you guess which institute that is? You guessed it. It's the Pointer Institute funded by George <laughs> Soros. I mean, it, this is so ridiculous at this point, what is happening. And again, the Pointer Institute held trainings course with reporters as part of its contract with the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Everything you can't make it up now. Goes so this is this is we are propagandizing ourselves and our children and people overseas with our own money, and the people that are running it are the globalist billionaire oligarchy that are controlling this. So Pointer Institute has teamed up with the global agency for global media that we fund to the tune of eight hundred million taxpayer dollars. To now, you won't even believe this. So guess what they're doing here. So what they're doing is the Pointer Institute held a training course with reporters to basically teach them how to report on the Biden White House. 
Well, you've talked a lot about, because I know, you know, because you are a passionate journalist and actually schooled in the area, although they'd kick you out in a week at, yeah. if you tried it this time. But um, you looked into some of the programs and, and the bulk of their uh, education is about, um, you know, misinformation and malinformation. And, yeah, it's and so sad. Yeah, the two bad, biggest culprits, I believe, are my school and Columbia School of Journalism. And now they're just teaching how to tell people to push propaganda and to avoid anyone else. It is it is really, really disturbing. But this Pointer Institute um, is, is teamed up also with YouTube and Facebook and all the same people. And they also are involved with the very fraudulent International Fact Checking Network. So uh, these people are all in it. What's sad is that the American people don't know how much danger this this nation is in right now because these people are funding it. The same people funding these things through the NGOs and the Open Society and Zuckerberg and all these people, Omidar, uh, all these networks are also going to be at Davos this week, which we'll get into in, a, in one moment. I keep teasing it, but I, I'm getting there, I swear. I, I just wanted to make sure that maybe some of the things that weren't out there that are talked about um, – uh, are talked about. So in terms of this propaganda, the U U.S. companies spent $8 billion last year on diversity, equity, inclusion um, uh, programs. Uh, and at this point, we have we have uh, found out that uh, all of this is happening and none of it is about um, equality. None of it is about merit. And there's lots of debates online about this right now. Um, and I was shocked because when I look at somewhere like Johns Hopkins, uh, you would think that they're above that, but um, today online surface, Johns Hopkins itself um, put out, Johns Hopkins sent out a uh, list of people automatically guilty of uh, privilege by the D diversity, equity, inclusion head, which included males, whites, Christians, mid-aged people, able-bodied people, middle and owning class, socialist demons, and English-speaking people. So the head of diversity, equity, inclusion at, don't forget about event 201 and Johns Hopkins involvement in all the pandemic stuff and their undue influence over all of the World Health Organization and NIH and NIAD and all of that, their chief diversity officer uh, sent out a, a um, post that actually says this. It's a real post. It's right online. Anyone what is a middle and owning class? Yeah, until they take it down, it's up there and it says privilege is a set. It's this is from the head of uh, uh, first of all, they spent eight billion to install diversity, equity, inclusion, um, HR people and, uh, you know, executives in every company at every university. And so uh, Johns Hopkins leading the way here. Privilege is a set of unearned benefits given to people who are a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantages and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of members of other groups. In the United States, privilege is granted to people who have membership in one or more of the following social identity groups. Johns Hopkins, uh, leading the way here uh, for the entire Poison Ivy League and most of uh, corporate America, BlackRock run America, I'm sure. Um, so white people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, side-gender people, males, sit, Christians, sit. middle or owning class people, middle-aged people, English-speaking people. Privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it, just like the COVID was spread, spreadable without having it. I mean, these people are so <laughs> deranged. 
And, and this I is, mean, you know, there's two parts to this, Mel. One of them is obviously the uh, absurdity of their claims, but the other part is that it's so absurd that it that it it, it kind of it it creates very a lot of confusion in your mind because it is so absurd, and no one has ever thought in this way before. Uh, and no one's really other- fighting back. There's like ten people in America fighting back. James Lindsay and our friend Carlin, and and there's it's like Matt Walsh. But I mean, for God's sakes, every American should be disgusted by this diversity. First of all, and you know what? A lot of black people are coming out, pastors and other people saying it doesn't help them either. I bet you if we had on Ward, he'd be going off on this. And and again- you know, Another thing, we were, um, you, you know, on our downtime, it, you know, Mel is, is really into screenwriting. And, and so we like to watch, um, you, know, you know, old movies and series and things like that. But what I've noticed, and I've, I've mentioned this to you, is that some of the newer, new-ish stuff in the last, 10 or 15 years, they were doing a lot of a non-English uh, speaking, uh, you know, Without pro- subtitles. right, right, right. So, so it was like, like, you know, this is the entertainment industry and they're streaming it here or there or wherever. And it's not in English. It's kind of like there when you go to Miami, right. and yeah. you can't get anywhere because no one speaks English. You know, yeah. it's the only way to have a society is if you have commonality of certain things. And one of them is language. Language, I know, borders, language, culture, Michael Savage, uh, I, I agree with you 100%. Also on top of this woke nonsense, and then we'll jump to our last segment here. Um, very important segment, stay tuned if, you, if you're still here. Uh, the CDC now champions addressing racism. Uh, they, they, so the CDC, Center for Disease Control, has now decided that racism is under its purview. Okay, uh, the CDC should be dismantled if anyone wasn't aware by now of the danger and damage and corruption over there. But um, the new lady running the CDC is a big diversity, equity, inclusion fan and otherwise. And so they are um, putting more, uh, they, they think that putting criminals in jail does not prevent violent crime. And uh, the CDC thinks that we have to address root causes of violence like racism um, to make communities safer according to internal documents from the CDC that the Daily Caller has uh, gotten their hands on. Um, so basically the CDC has now taken racism under their purview. So get ready for a racism pandemic upcoming, as I've been warning from the World Health Organization, changing the definition of pandemic to include climate change and racism and LGBTQ plus uh, discrimination. So um, a new document by the CDC, everyone should check it out, Community Violence Prevention Resource for Action. Every single unconstitutional agency should be dismantled and privately funded agencies that propose themselves as government agencies to oversee what happens in America, like the CDC, should be defunded if we give it any funding. And um, and this is uh, just further proof. So they have brought uh, racism under their purview. They, um, they don't believe in jail. Okay, so they believe uh, upcoming recommendations agency claims that increasing punitive measures, including incarceration, does not reduce community violence. Well, tell people that are living in inner city right now, especially in the communities that they claim to help. Uh, We can work to prevent violence by addressing the underlying conditions that contribute to violence, uh, meaning that it's not it's a um, gun violence, community violence, uh, public uh, or public health concern. Uh, as I've been telling everyone, the responsibility to protect is is the end game of this situation. 
Um, so Rob, anything on that, then I, I'm going to make a big announcement about next week. You know what stops um, violence? Parenting, okay? Yeah. Education. Also, uh, so consequences. We... Consequences stop violence. Putting people in jail stop violence. What happened in New York? We couldn't go to CVS without pushing a buzzer to get toothpaste. There's a reason. <laughs> you know what that I mean? Like, and, and I'm telling you, we, we're going to Detroit in June with the Reawaken America Tour. This is going to be a blast. It's going to be like not, none of the other ones. It's not till June. We have, we have a lot of time to plan. It's it's going to be amazing and very different. But we are going to have a lot of people there from different communities, including legal immigrant community, uh, people who escaped from communism. We're going to have people from the black community. And guess what? Most people think all of this is disgusting and bogus, and it's not helping anyone, and it's hurting the communities that they claim to be helping the most because that's not what it's about. But it's about a so before you get into a little housekeeping, before you get into the Davos stuff, which is that. Um, so as far as events goes, so tomorrow night, actually, um, Mel's going to yeah. be speaking locally in Golden Lakes Village in West Palm Beach with Anne. So if anyone is in the neighborhood here, uh, check out our events page. Um, on the 23rd Yeah, and of I want to remind people, well, I want to tell people Golden Lakes Village is in West Palm Beach. It's, uh, it's about 10 minutes from Palm Beach. It's about 30 minutes from uh, Fort Lauderdale, you know, 30 minutes from Jupiter and um, Paul Beach Gardens. So if you're anywhere near here, uh, we have an event tomorrow. It's uh, me and Ann Vandersteel and a whole bunch of We the People Patriots. So uh, check that out on our events page. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, Mel is going to be speaking at the uh, Republican Club in Palm Beach, which is the Kennel Club. That's a lunch on the 23rd. Uh, we're going to be in Vero Beach. Uh, February 10th, uh, and uh, we're going to be in Seattle <coughs> for, with uh, Women for Washington, uh, May May 8th, uh, and then, and you mentioned, uh, and there's going to be other stuff. We have- uh, Yeah, we uh, have the, things all through February and March. I'm yeah. going to be on the, on, the, on the road as much as possible, so please do stay up on our events page, and if you want me or any of the people that I have on a lot to come there, we're thinking about- me and Roseanne are talking about figuring out something ourselves too. So a whole bunch of things could happen this year. So um, please stay I, tuned and check the melkshow.com uh, events page. And please subscribe to our newsletter if you aren't. Again, I don't know. Google's uh, Google, YouTube are, are signaling they're changing something because of a sensitive event in February. So uh, really do that for everyone. Uh, please sign up for everyone that you like and follows newsletter, especially and uh, please like, check, share uh, on, on Rumble and everywhere else so that we can get more people. And uh, please regularly check our events page. And also, please, please spend time. That resource page is free. Uh, whatever you're interested in, there's something there. Most importantly, and I'll talk about it in one second. Uh, Rob, you can finish up the, the things. Then I want to end on a big, big, very important news and something to pay attention to uh, until we see you next Wednesday. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to say that, uh, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, there, there's a reason why they wanted six feet distance and, and, you know, no communication and the censorship is because they don't want us getting together. They don't want us speaking. You speak a lot about getting together in person, how important that is, how important the energy is when we get together. So, um, so we're going to be doing that as much as possible this year, because we think it's critical to saving this country and, and quite frankly, humanity as a whole. Um, and we couldn't do it without your support. So please visit our partners page and, you know, support our show and support other amazing, uh, you know, patriotic uh, companies that that 
are not funding all this DEI and other nonsense. So uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I think and, the Davos uh, thing is super interesting. Again, and I just want to thank everyone again. I did get a lot of nice um, donations and really, really beautiful cards in the mail um, for Christmas. And I just want to thank everyone. Uh, Rob and I are a, are a very small team of five people. Uh, we just moved to Florida and we're figuring it out, but it helps so much. And we could not do this without you. We are not, we are not subsidized by any team. Uh, we are basically on our own. So, uh, I just so grateful. Thank you so much for all of that. But the big news that I wanted to also share with you, um, people that follow me is that Davos, the big Davos World Economic Forum meeting is the 15th to the 19th in Switzerland, in Davos, Switzerland. And I am doing a very special event with my good friend, Norben Laden, who is in Switzerland. We will be doing uh, one uh, on the 15th to the 19th every morning on the Mel K Show live. And then a wrap up on the weekend, I will be having on Norben Laden live from Davos to report on that day's events. Uh, we have already found out that the very first uh, event that they're having there is kind of a confab to figure out what to do with America. After they complete the controlled demolition of America, they need to figure out what to do with America. So uh, please join me and Nora. It's gonna be live on Rumble and all of our platforms and our website and everywhere all next week. Uh, special Mel Kay and Nora Ben Laden live from Davos. Uh, please uh, share it everywhere you can. It's also gonna be on X Live. And um, what I wanted to say is that the meeting next week in Davos, I want everyone to pay close attention to who is going from our government. So um, as you know, I believe the billionaire globalist oligarchy that has captured our nation and many other nations and is behind plenty of stuff uh, should not be uh, allowed to have anyone from our government or anyone that works uh, in our government to not only attend, but not be members of this organization. I, they not only are a partner of the United Nations, but they are uh, very, very involved in what they call global governance. Uh, Agenda 2030 comes out of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and their sister and brother groups, such as the World Health Organization, UNESCO, uh, their banking cartel pals over at the IMF, World Bank, and um, BIS. You got the Council of Foreign Relations folks, the Bilderberg folks, the COP folks, the, you know, the trilateral folks. All of these people are the billionaire globalist oligarchy that have captured our nation and much of the world. They want the Great Reset. They want the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and they really want to depopulate the planet. But they have a big, fancy meeting uh, in uh, in January, and it is coming up this week, the 15th to the 19th. Uh, and I would like to mention the people that are going to represent the United States at the Globalist Governance 17 Development Goals um, UN-based, uh, World Economic-based, World Health Organization, uh, CONFAB there. Uh, so representing the United States will be John Kerry, Penny Pritzker, uh, we got um, Samantha Power, the queen of the color revolution, we got uh, Chris Coons, we got James O'Brien, uh, but not to be undone, we also have uh, U.S. lawmakers, including Brian Kemp of Georgia, who's allowing our country to be torn apart. And uh, we also have uh, some, some great folks, not just John Kerry and others. We got Al Gore there. We, of course, Larry Fink's on the board. The ESG score and Great Reset King, Larry Fink of BlackRock, is on the board over there. We also have, um, oh, we have Avril Haines. You know that, oh, we have Chris Ray. We have Anthony Blinken. 
uh, Sullivan, Newland, and all of these people that are involved in the controlled demolition of America and the Biden regime will be uh, next week in Davos, Switzerland, uh, talking about what exactly to do about America and how to save the planet. Um, the Davos crew has a strong relationship uh, with um, not just the Chinese Communist Party and um, BlackRock, Vanguard, and all of Wall Street, but um, apparently they have all the multinational, international, public-private partnership corporations uh, there too. They will be talking about something that they now call the coming permacrisis. Yes, you heard me, permacrisis. Last time it was the polycrisis. Before that, it was the Great Reset. But this year, it's about the permacrisis. So um, the global elites are meeting there uh, to talk about the permacrisis. Uh, we've got a lot of all the young global leaders that you know that run all the nations that are involved in the controlled demolition of planet Earth right now will be hanging out there, I'm sure, having a great time. And, um, you know, I just wanted everyone's eyes on go to weforum.org, look up what they're doing. Their agenda is on there already. They're, they're all set to go. And... Um, you know, basically what they're going to talk about is transferring all of our wealth to them, all of our natural resources, all of our everything we do, you know, let UNESCO educate the world. Let's have the BIS and IMF and everyone run the uh, the um, uh, CBDC. Let's have the global digital ID run by the Davos crew. Let's have them run all of the biometric data and all the track and trace and surveillance with their public private partnerships. And, and stakeholders of the World Economic Forum, and they are going to tell us how we are going to save ourselves from this planet's permacrisis that they assure us uh, we are in the beginning of. Well, this stuff is pretty interesting. So we have extreme weather. So these are the, the things that people are really focused on. You know, not at, the, wars. at this event. These people, the stakeholders of right. planet Earth, are very right. very concerned about these five things. Right. Extreme Go ahead. weather. Oh my God, this is dangerous, and and I, I hope my beachfront estate will survive that. Um, AI generated misinformation and disinformation. Yeah, that's uh, we, we got to be really careful with misinformation and disinformation because you know that's most God forbid. To yeah, God forbid that you know the truth gets out. Um, societal and political polarization. Oh, we certainly don't want any uh, disruption in thought process and in, in, in political views. So so shut up and and just keep listening. Uh, well, I have that call- video of Klaus Schwab that came out today with him saying people are challenging the system. They're called libertarians. They don't want the government <laughs> involved in their private lives. I mean, this is their concerns. OK, and every one of these, they have a very expensive trillion dollar solution for. You have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. Their system. So fixing the present system is not enough. Now there is, of course, a anti-system which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. It's demantling the system. Yeah, exactly. exactly the opposite. No, no, it's exactly what we want. Dismantling your system. He's Their talking system. about the threat to his system. That is right. Klaus Schwab telling you. And don't forget, this entire thing is about a long-term strategy for climate, nature, and energy, artificial intelligence, 
digital ID and achieving the 17 sustainable goals of the agenda 2030. So they're not even hiding it. And then he comes out and makes a statement like that. Those sustainable development goals are to keep those people in power, to keep this globalist billionaire oligarchy that has no allegiance to any nation, no allegiance to any people, no allegiance to any flag, power for power's sake, so that they can implement a full track and trace totalitarian one world governance. They can't get a global government yet, but they call it global governance. And I ask all of you to look this up and please pay attention to what is going on there because the, like I, I said, the first, now. yeah, I, I just, I want to say that, that he wouldn't be saying that if they were winning, you know, that, that they are afraid that people are starting to, it's not starting to, but aggressively and forcefully and in mass pushing back on their nonsense. So people are getting it. And it'll be very interesting what comes out of this. Obviously, everything they do is doublespeak and doesn't make any sense. But um, but we, the people, understand we're going to be reporting on it and they're not going to get away with it. Right. And I also want to know what what Blinken, Sullivan, um, Chris Ray, Samantha Power, all these people are doing in Davos talking about global governance and uh, and their goals of uh, $3 trillion being transferred to this group of people for um, Agenda 2030, because that's what it says on the, on the White House website is their end game uh, for their 2024 as per the 2023 September document that I have on my website under resources uh, from the White House, by the way. But um, I just want everyone in America to know that their first panel uh, that they're promoting is United States role in the world. So basically, this is the United States role in the world is a panel on uh, January 16th over there in Davos. And the United States remains a pivotal actor in the international financial system on geopolitical issues, as well as in the development of next generation technologies. Given the fundamental transformations of the world, how will the U.S. respond and where will it lead? So uh, they uh, our representatives are going there to discuss America's place in the global governance agenda 2030. So uh, next week, please join me and Norbert Laden every single day live from Davos uh, for an update. That, and and when is that? That's uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I think you're going to be running about a half hour a day. And yeah. uh, Noor is, is, is an amazing journalist and, and she's Incredible. become a friend. And uh, so we're really thankful for her to doing her work. She actually wanted Mel to come to Davos, but... Uh, yeah, that's Rob just didn't a long think I get back. Yeah, we were, I was afraid that each you get arrested or uh, you know break a leg skiing or something. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, sorry it was very long. There's a lot to think about, but please keep your eyes peeled and and know that uh, nothing going on in Davos or with the globalist billionaire oligarchy is positive for this nation. We will remain a nation. Uh, with borders, language, and culture, a sovereign nation with our auto-determination and not a cog in a globalist wheel. So uh, please stay aware of that and uh, stay informed. And we will see you next Wednesday. And I will see you Monday at 9.30 a.m. with Noor Ben Laden live from Davos. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night and we'll see you soon.